You are tuning into the podcast series, We Talk Cyber with Monica, a platform for engaging discussions and expert opinions on all things cyber. Check out more information on monicatalkcyber.com. Welcome to the podcast series, and let's hop right into today's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to yet another fantastic episode of We Talk Cyber with Monica. I'm your host, Monica Verma, and today we're joined by a fantastic woman who has worked in cybersecurity for more than a decade, and she is really the authority on cyber resilience. So we'll be talking with her about cyber resilience today. Welcome to the show, Hana. How are you doing? Thank you, Monica. I'm doing well after a good uh, holiday. Thank you for inviting me here. <laughs> Lovely to have you on the podcast, Hana. Would you like to say a few words about yourself? Yes. Um, as you said, my name is Hanna Tangen Nielsen. Uh, I'm working in Tenor, Norway. Uh, I've been the chief security officer there for uh, almost 10 years. It's nine and a half years. Uh, and now I moved to another position, uh, security director for business development uh, in security. So uh, I'm not trying to, I built up a lot of capability in Tenor, Norway. And uh, now I'm trying to make services out of that for our customers, both in, uh, in Norway, but uh, also in the Nordic and maybe international. Fantastic. Let's start by defining what is cyber resilience. Oh, uh, when you asked that question, I was thinking uh, it's uh, it's not maybe it's several uh, definition of that. But my definition is uh, having the ability to resist and or and or uh, stand in a security incident uh, or with a threat over time. And especially without affecting uh, the business and the organization. So it's building resilience to actually be able to handle the incident. Meanwhile, the organization can do what it uh, normally do. Um, of course, maybe with some impact. But uh, mm. mm-hmm. So the key really is to minimize the impact while keeping business operations continued, yes. right? Yes, that differs from a operational in- incident, which is normally something you need to fix uh, rather immediately. But a security incident, you might have to stand for over a time of a period before you have fixed it. Uh, so that differs uh, when it comes to resilience also and what you need to build. Right, right. So it's, it's the containment might be needed to be very quick, whereas the fixing the root cause of it will obviously take time and could be depending on what really the problem was and what impact did it have on the organization and such. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. So um, after having defined cyber resilience, let me ask you, what do you believe are the key elements to build a good uh, cyber resilient organization? Uh, Well, that is a lot of things and it's a big question. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think for the first, uh, when it comes to security, you need to have for your organization a security strategy. Mm-hmm. You need to have a governance uh, function. Uh, you need to have top ma- management anchoring. Uh, and you need to have and um, understand uh, what you have to build in and which step. Because the resilience isn't done over time. It impacts your processes, your people, your systems. Uh, so it's uh, an overall understanding uh, of, mm-hmm. of the approach you need to take. Uh, defining roles, defining mandates. Um, 
And you also need to understand what type of business you are uh, and if you can, uh, what you can solve for yourself and what you need the uh, support from. If you might have outsourced parts of your systems and infrastructure, uh, mm -hmm. you might have to, uh, to also understand uh, what you can buy when it comes to incident handling and resist, uh, resilience uh, from your vendor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So talking about outsourcing and what services you can buy, you bring me to a good segue to my next question, which is, if you're thinking about cyber resilience, obviously the SOC Services and Security Operations Center or the CERT in itself plays an important role. Could you say in a few words, what um, are the key, what, what is a Security Operations Center? What is a CERT? Uh, first, let's start with that. Uh, and, and that was also, uh, I think, uh, Security Operational Center has several uh, definitions. Uh, in Norway, we have a SOC, uh, and that mm -hmm. is for uh, security monitoring. And uh, they do that. They monitor and they detect and they do initial triage. And then they uh, send it to the CERT, uh, which the an are more of the analyst function. And that is our... Uh, uh, our definition in in our area. So when you do a security operation, you also need interaction with IT. Some will have that in the security operational center and some will have it in IT. So that uh, depends on the way you have organized it. But the key function you also need to fix things. Um, mm -hmm. And sometimes that's it's uh, closer to the IT department and closer to the vendor than in the SOC. Mm -hmm. So you were talking a bit about the outsourcing and now we've talked a bit about, okay, what is a SOC and what is CERT in general? Um, what would you say is an important criteria for a business to understand and assess based on their needs if they should be building SOC internally or they should be outsourcing the SOC and the CERT services? Hmm. Well, it depends. Uh... I think it's a lot on the size of your company uh, and, mm -hmm. uh, and then again on the size of your infrastructure and your systems. Uh, it also depends on how much you have uh, outsourced. Um, but building a SOC and a CERT, that costs a lot. It is not a uh, fix you can do in uh, in a second. Uh, it means uh, resources. It means that you have to build competence over time systems over time, uh, the processes, you have to have a long-standing anchoring uh, that you actually need to do it over time. Uh, and that is also something uh, you have to wait. Uh, maybe it's a, a better solution sometimes to buy at, at a service rather than fix it your and build it yourself. But it depends on your responsibility uh, in terms of your company's uh, responsibility towards uh, taking care of your systems. And what kind of regulation you are under also. Uh, it might be that you are regulated, that you need to do it yourself. But uh, but I think that uh, uh, parts of the SOC in the CERT, uh, a lot of it you can actually buy. But uh, you always have to build internal organization too. It's not uh, totally outsourced. You have to mm -hmm. have internal organization to manage what the SOC gives you of information. And that you can handle on the information, that uh, you know your own infrastructure, because the responsibility lies with you, no matter what. You cannot outsource the responsibility, even though it's a service, and it's, a, it's a detection capability. It supports you, the CERT will support you, but you have to be organizing the incident handling and handle it and manage it. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of questions. Uh, I think uh, for people to to find out do I need to 
build this myself or not, you have to start with who am I? What is the maturity level on, on, uh, this, on security in our organization? How well are we functioning? Uh, and what do we actually need to build this capability? What is it? Um, to understand what a SOC actually is. And uh, a SOC is 24 seven. Can I build that? Can I have that in my organization or should I buy that? And should I rather build a, a cert? Maybe that's what you need. Uh, the more the analyst capability internally and the SOC can be a, a service, that also is a combination. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of variety here. Um, so so mm. for, for our audience, would you just explain what is the difference between a SOC and a cert? Well, that again, I think, uh, depends on uh, the company and how you have looked at it uh, in uh, Tenor Norway. A SOC is uh, where we have the monitoring uh, capabilities, the 24-7 organization. Uh, we build detection capability and uh, monitoring. Uh, when things happen, uh, either with the internally at uh, Tenor Norway and or with our customers, we do alerts uh, and do uh, the, the initial triage if there are... Um, some instance that we actually need to all that alerts we need to look into, uh, and if we think this is quite severe, then we take it to our cert where we do have analysts with more technical skills or more analyst skills, uh, which also work with chat intelligence and is is more on that arena, and, and then again can support organization in how to um, handle the incident because. Incident handling is a uh, very important part of the cert, not only the analyst part, but also advisory to the organization in how, which steps do we now take? Mm-hmm. It might be a quick fix, but it might also be not a quick fix, but you have to do uh, a long-term incident handling. Long-term, it could be weeks or it could be months or it could be, the, be a year. And then it's the cert who does that supported organization. Right, right. Because you talked uh, you touched a very important topic of like even if the organization were to outsource the SOC services and capabilities for detection and for the alerts right mm-hmm. you still mm-hmm. recommend the part of so, certain part of the operational functionality should still be within the organization the organization should still have security to understand okay what when this information comes from the SOC, what does it mean for my business? What is the level of risk and impact it will have on my organization based on what I'm protecting? What do you recommend? Um, how do you, what are the key elements to that part, that, that part that still has to stay within the organization? What do you think are the key elements that should be in the place for the business and the organization? Well, the ability to to manage the security incident. So you need to have a security incident manager. Uh, you need to have a core team that uh, understands uh, your infrastructure, your systems, uh, your dependencies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, uh, of course, need to be a part of, uh, of the crisis management organization in, uh, in your company. Um, so so that's, uh, you have to start with the... Uh, with the security function, you need to have a, a security manager, of course. Uh, it depends on the size of your organization. Uh, and we, as we defined it, uh, you need to have a security incident uh, management team, which uh, has a reporting to either the crisis management team or to a set of critical functions like the CEO, the chief security officer. It could be the technical officer. It depends uh, how you have set up your organization. Mm-hmm. 
So mm-hmm. when you can have one incident management team or you can have several. It depends on uh, on uh, the severity of the, the incident or if you have uh, more than one security incident uh, at a time. Mm-hmm. Another aspect that you touched as well was the threat intelligence. So what role does threat intelligence play in SOC services or in building these or managing security incidents? Mm. I think... Uh, uh, key is to uh, be aware of what's going on uh, at any time, and uh, and as, as Oculus assert, uh, as we have it at our end, uh, they have um, information about uh, threats, uh, both from uh, which we buy from vendors. Uh, there are relevant vendors that can support you on that, and uh, and then uh, also we have our own. Um, and that's the information for ourselves, uh, so that we can build detection mechanism. That is also information we use uh, towards our customers and internally to to the organization, so they can be aware uh, of, uh, of what they need to do when it comes to vulnerability management uh, and such things. Um, but we differ quite between threat intel and intelligence because mm-hmm. we also work a lot with intelligence uh, to understand the threat actor. Um, build the threat picture. Um, that is also an important part to understand who are we adverse, uh, who, who are we actually working against uh, and what could be their pos- possible intention. Why is we a target or why is the customer a target? Uh, and, uh, and that is an, also an important part. So not only like the threat intel in traditional vulnerability uh, sense, but also the intelligence uh, and understanding the threat actors. So both elements are important. Mm-hmm. 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 So combining all these together, so we talked a bit about, uh, so obviously we're talking in, in a large sense about building cyber resilience. And obviously, as you said, it takes time. It's not something that you can mm-hmm. build in one day or even in a few months. It usually takes, it's a phase-wise approach that you need to take. And we talked a bit about threat intelligence, SOC and CERT, and how these functions can be either built internally, which obviously can be cost, uh, can be costly, can be expensive based on what your needs and what the capabilities are, or it can be kind of like a hybrid model where you still have a security governance in place, security mm-hmm. incident management in place, and then you can use SOC services to um, complement and enhance uh, basically your security function and provide mm-hmm. value to your business. Um, based on these things, what do you believe are the what are what would be your key predictions for the next years to come in terms of how organizations think about cyber resilience, about using threat intelligence for better positioning and defending themselves against cyber threats, for example? It's not easy to to look into the future and say it will be like this, but uh, mm. I think the acknowledgement uh, uh, of security is quite high at least in the in the nordic uh, and uh, and uh, we do have uh, i would say awareness uh, seen from awareness perspective we are mature uh, that doesn't say that we are mature when it comes to how to approach it internally and how to work with it but i think mm-hmm. that uh, more and more we'll work with the, the proactive uh, focus with the uh, 
with the modernization, with vulnerability management as part of that, improving the processes, uh, and then as part of that also saying what kind of detection mechanism do we need, what kind of logging mechanisms do we need, um, and understanding that uh, being able to handle uh, an, an incident, being forefront of that is, is a key. Uh, so more and more of uh, the big companies at least are in that uh, position that they understand they need to do it. Uh, it's more a discussion on uh, the approach, the way to do it. Do it yourself, do it with uh, partners. Mm -hmm. um, what can we actually get from our uh, IT provider? What do we need uh, to add to that? Um, so, and then is of course uh, the investment need you also have to have. So, so I think uh, we understand what we need to do uh, more and more, uh, but it's uh, finding the right uh, way to do it. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, the next step now. But uh, I think we're quite uh, well. There's there's been so 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 many you can say huge incidents uh, the latest years that uh, we do understand that we need to approach this uh, in another way than uh, previously years so mm -hmm. yeah right that's right. Fi finding the right way and and, uh, and as part of that uh, investigation on sock insert internally or externally is a key i think mm. Mm -hmm. so Based on, because you, as you said, you have built SOC internally as well in, in, in Telenor and you've been a part of this whole process. Can you maybe just give an example of what, what was one of the biggest challenges that you faced in building SOC capabilities in Telenor? Well, uh, when it comes to the SOC, we was, uh, I would say we was lucky because we bought a company, uh, a, a small one. Uh, mm -hmm. But that was back in 2003, before my time. So, and then, uh, so when I started, I already had that in place. Um, so, uh, but uh, it was about uh, building the monitoring strategy was actually the key for us. Uh, what does monitoring actually means? What do you need of not only a traditional SOC with a uh, uh, the existing monitoring capacity, but uh, what you need to build of further detection capabilities and, and log capabilities. Uh, and for Turner Norway, we used about a year uh, to build the strategy for monitoring and incident handling, uh, just to find out what we need uh, to build. Uh, and then we made a five-year plan to build build it. Mm -hmm. And we also with a good uh, guesstimate uh, on what it will cost, mm -hmm. a lot, a lot of money. Uh, but we needed to anchor that, that this is not a short-term investment and you're mm -hmm. not finished. Uh, and during this five years, we have not reached so far as we said, but that is because we have also expanded this to uh, to support our sister companies uh, internationally. But uh, we are still on that roadmap uh, and the understanding is still there that we need to build and develop. and and uh, get more insight into the whole uh, infrastructure. We have a big infrastructure, of course, uh, but mm -hmm. uh, but it takes time to build that insight. It's not about placing one sensor uh, at the internet gateway and then you're happy. Uh, you mm -hmm. have to have a lot of different kind of tools to, to actually be able to see if you are uh, compromised. So, mm -hmm. and that is also a part of building the understanding of what this actually is. Uh, I think, uh, 
a lot of companies can uh, easily say that we need this and start building and then they understand that this is uh, not, uh, not as easy at, uh, as it uh, may might be if you just look at SOC, what is that? Is something like IT do and operation? Well, it's not about that. It's about competence. And I think mm -hmm. you underestimate uh, that you need security experts. Uh, you need to nurture that uh, expertise and build that over time also. And mm -hmm. keep the good people too and develop the people. Uh, this is an area where it doesn't stop. You need to, to be curious and you need to build competence uh, every day actually. Uh, something new is happening. So, and also when it comes to technology, I think uh, what we also did was saying that uh, when we start this uh, investment, uh, we will also test tools, test technology. Mm -hmm. And if we don't find it, uh, maybe it's okay for a year. And uh, then we say that it's not okay anymore. We need to, to try something else. That was also a part of the strategy and the anchoring and the decision so that we had uh, a lot of flexibility uh, in the program, uh, not having to uh, anchor every decision. We are, so we have been quite agile in our way of thinking. We have tested, it doesn't function. Mm -hmm. Okay, we take a new. And then, so uh, doing this is about, uh, it, it's, it's not like you have a, a square uh, where everything is, uh, yeah, you know what you have and you know what to build. You build, uh, something is quite clear and something isn't mm -hmm. uh, clear at all. Mm. And what you say here is actually kind of my experience as well. A lot of organizations are scared of taking that first leap sometimes not because they don't underestimate or they underestimate the um, competency that's required, but sometimes they are scared because they want a perfect solution. And people mm. try to, and I've seen that in many organizations, people try to go like, no, we wish a perfect tool, a perfect solution. And since mm. that doesn't exist, there's so much internal politics on what is perfect. And then mm. you never go for that. And I think that flexibility of, trying something for a year and saying, okay, if it doesn't work, then using the learnings from it and going forward, that is an approach that I've seen in very few organizations. And I can also really um, agree with you on that one that, yeah, it, it makes a lot of difference because perfect will mm. never exist and you will never build your security or any kind of function within your organization in terms of security or resilience that will be 100% perfect. And also part of the reason which I believe, and I would like to hear your thoughts on it as well, is that the needs of the organizations also develop over time. So what you needed today might not be exactly what you need in two years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because uh, your technology says your, your uh, I will say your understanding and competence also change. Uh, mm -hmm. And the threat actors change their methods. So it's a lot of things that uh, change uh, over time when it comes to security and you need to have that uh, ability to, to adjust uh, your processes, Correct. adjust your tools. Mm -hmm. uh, but of course, there are stability too. So in some of these tools, of course, we will have them over time and it's not like we're changing everything, but uh, having the possibility and the flexibility, it's, in, it's very important. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, what should I say? Uh, also, one other thing that has been very important for us is uh, is the top management's, um, I, I would say, 
they have given us, uh, they have understood that uh, this is an uh, area where we do, they have the expertise. They don't know this as professionals. And mm -hmm. they understand that they also have to trust the professional in this area. Uh, and that is also key when it comes to anchoring and being able to establish such a program and run such a program uh, that you have that uh, trust from your top management. Uh, so you have to also bridge uh, the communication uh, in, the, in to the top management. Mm -hmm. That this mm -hmm. is a yeah. So that's a key key when you are starting the process at least. Uh, right. Mm. Makes sense. Um, I think it's very important, as you said, to invest in competency as well, because a lot of this, as you said, is strategy and understanding what we want to build, not so much as just buying the tools and all mm. that homework that you need to do around what we want to do, how we want to do for the one year or for the five year, and then having the flexibility as well in case things mm. change to be able to adjust and adapt to it, um, which mm. is kind of also what the key aspect of cyber resilience is about to adjust and adapt to changing environments, right? Mm. Fantastic. Um, would you like to just sum up your overall message to businesses or organization? What would be just one key thing that you would like to say? Um, I would say that uh, we started res resilience. So I think that to build a cyber resilient organization, you need to understand your security maturity level. You have to start with that. Uh, and then how you need to approach building the necessary organization, competence, mm -hmm. and functions needed. Just, you, ha you can't just start. You have to uh, work some part with the, with the maturity part. Mm -hmm. And as I um, it cannot be functional without a certain functions in place. So you need the interfaces and uh, uh, towards IT, interfaces to technology, and towards your your vendors and of mm -hmm. course your security department either it's a part of it or not um yeah so and then of course sock cert can be internally or it can be externally i think that sums up what we've been uh, talking about fantastic thank you hana that was lovely um do you have any recommendations for our audience what do you would you suggest them to read related to security or in general uh, i i um, would like to Promote actually, Techno Group has uh, made a, a um, yeah a document and recommendation about security operations and and both when it comes to needed function internally and how to build the SOC. So at uh, techno.com you will find uh, a good document uh, from Eirik Warburg. So maybe start with that. Fantastic! Thank you so much, Anna. It was lovely to have you on the podcast today. We learned a lot about what challenges you faced and what an amazing job that you have done over time building the SOC services. So thank you for coming on the episode. Thank you, Monica. <laughs> so that was today's episode of We Talk Cyber with Monica. Thank you for tuning in. We talked with Hannah about cyber resilience. Please continue tuning into other episodes as well. And I'll be back with fantastic guests, amazing conversations on all things cyber. Until then, take care and stay safe. Thanks for tuning in to We Talk Cyber with Monica, a platform for engaging discussions and expert opinions on all things cyber. Check out more information and episodes on monicatalkscyber.com. Do not forget to subscribe to Monica Talks Cyber on YouTube and Instagram, and follow us on Montalk Cyber on Twitter. Stay tuned, and we'll be back with more episodes very soon.